blockchain experience, experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. Welcome to the blockchain experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. It's the blockchain spell made of David's got so Hello, GM, GM, and welcome to another episode of the Blockchain Experience. I'm your host, Meta David. Today's episode is a bit longer than usual, but it's a real banger, I promise you. Our guest is Ray Chan, the founder and CEO of 9Gag, which is a parent company to one of the most successful projects in the space, the MemeLand ecosystem. So the ecosystem consists of MemeLand MVP, and we talk on the podcast about the origins of the name, a little bit different than what I originally thought. Uh, MemeLand Potatoes, MemeLand Captains, and of course, MemeCoin, which is an awesome and affordable way to on-ramp into the ecosystem. Again, something that we talk about on the pod. Now, Ray being as notable as he is, he has been on a lot of podcasts and other forms of media. So instead of asking them, you know, the usual things about like community, uh, I focused a little bit more, and I guess it's because of my background, more on the business side of things like the origins of 9Gag, which dates back to the 2000s, uh, being a part of Y Combinator and 500 Startups, which is two of the most prestigious tech accelerators, and they were in both of them. And Things that they did to go from having a successful Web 2 brand to having a successful Web 2 brand and a successful Web 3 brand, which is a bit of a unicorn in this space. So hopefully you'll hear a little bit different than you're used to about 9Gag, MemeLand, and of course, RayChan. So we'll do the interview. And then after that, I'll give you guys some updates. So let's jump into it. Mr. Ray Chan, 9Gag CEO. How are you doing today, sir? Good, good. GMGM. Yeah. GM, GM. So, Ray, it's an incredible privilege to have you on the show for both me and my listeners. For me on a personal level, because I'm a founder, uh, you're a founder, you're someone that I look up to in the Web3 space uh, and someone that I take a lot of notes from. And I have to say, I love the MemeLand website because it starts with you saying you started 9Gag in 2008, you were nobody and you knew nothing. And I feel like oftentimes us founders feel like that. So I wanted to start with 9Gag. For our listeners who may not know, can you tell us like a little bit about the genesis story of 9Gag? Like what were the circumstances for you that inspired you to do? What was going on in the world at that time that inspired you to start 9Gag? And so, yeah, just kind of give us a little bit about the origin story and what led you to start 9Gag. Yeah, sure. Uh, Nagai is the biggest independent meme platform right, across the internet. Right? We have about 200 million audience uh, every month. Right? And uh, we started Nagai uh, in, in 2008. Right? The company mission was very simple. Right? We want to make the world happier. Right? That's why at the time when AOL Messenger was still a thing, when MSN Messenger was still a thing, right? it took a lot of time to share a funny picture. You have to wait for it to upload and stuff, right? That's why at the time we thought, hey, why can't we uh, launch a website where you upload the photos there, right? And then you just send out the link, right? That was the original idea. So the whole concept was like click a button and then you get a funny photo, right? That was the, the, the idea. And turns out um, we've been working on it and then it's always kind of like uh, doing the same stuff and people love it and then we expand to different platforms. So having our apps, having our social media platform. Stuff like that, right? But before I get, we actually launched a few more, I would say, quote unquote, more useful products, right? But turns out people don't love like a useful products. Yeah. People love like funny shit, right? And that's why we focus on the funny shit. Yeah. 
So it uh, looks like, yeah, I mean, when I even look through 9Gag right now, it's just a bunch of funny shit. I saw uh, a video on there of an e-gamer who was like a very attractive woman and said like, hey, this is how you make $20,000, three hours. And then the uh, woman started taking off a whole bunch of makeup and it turned out to be um, very much a man. So uh, definitely uh, made me laugh when uh, I looked through some of the content on there. So as you said, you started 9Gag in 2008, and I guess this is me just kind of wearing my like fanboy founder hat on a little bit. And I know that some of our listeners are also company founders as well. So three years later, it looks like you joined 500 startups, and then a year later after that, Y Combinator. And so for our listeners who don't know, 500 startups and Y Combinator are what are called like startup accelerator programs. So they're typically around like 12 weeks. I might be a little bit off on that, but around that time, generally on site in places like San Francisco, where you're like just heads down building, mingling with other co-founders and kind of working uh, together. And then at the end, you hope to get some sort of, you build an MVP and you also hope to get some sort of like a seed investment from uh, the accelerator program that you are in. So, so I know Ray, that it was like 10 years ago, but you talked about like what you did with nine gag, um, and wildly successful, obviously. And then, um, you made the foray into uh web three, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I might be like, sounds like I'm reverse asking the questions, but I got to just ask this. Were there any learnings that you had from 500 startups or Y Combinator that you could say you applied to the Web3 world? Or would you just say like, no, man, these are like two totally different universes. I mean, I learned a lot in 500 startups, Y Combinator, but none of that stuff was applicable here in Web3. Mm, I, I would say that um, building companies, right? Whether it's like Web1, Web2, Web3, the, the core is the same. Right, is to make something people want. Right, that's the YC slogan. And of course, uh, during uh, 500 stops uh, and also YC, right, we we met a lot of good founders. Right, we also learn from each other. I think all these kind of peer support building communities, right, within the stop circle, right, is very much similar to how you build in 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 Web three. Right, so I would say that all the learnings, right, kind of like uh, explain why we could do quite well, right, in Web3 after like two years, right, become like the top NFT ecosystem in Asia, top 10 in the world. We launched our own token, right, with a fully diluted valuation of four for 1 billion, right? I mean, all of this, I mean, of course, we are super lucky, right? But at the same time, um, I would say that all these past like 10, 15 years of experience, right, that also helps. So, yeah, I'm hearing that it definitely helps. And I think, you know, uh, 9Gag being very much meme-centric and then Web3, at least the project, is very much meme-centric and that's uh, your guys' foray into that. How did you discover Web3 and what made you, like, what compelled you to kind of make make that jump there? Uh, and Did you have any concerns about how it could, like, affect your brand or, like, would it maybe be off-brand or not well-received or... How did that thought process look for you guys at the time? Yeah, sure. Let me take one step back, right, to to explain how we uh, think about Nigat in the past, right, and also how we think about MemeNet right now. Right? I always believe that uh, launching a company, right, building a, a startup is kind of like playing basketball. You can play basketball anywhere, right, but if you really want to become like the top of the world, you need to play at the NBA, right, and Silicon Valley, 
was or is the MBA of life startups. Right? That's why when we were uh, studying NIGAT in the past, right, we always wanted to, okay, we should uh, 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 get into like Silicon Valley. Right? We should join one of the top accelerators. That's why we applied for financial startups. That's why we applied for uh, Y Combinator. Right? We actually get rejected twice or three times right, by YC, right? but we finally got in. Right? In between, uh, we raised some uh, seed round of funding. Right? And we are the, I think if I remember it correctly, we are actually the first uh, Asia-based company getting into 500 startups. We're also the first first Asia companies that get into Y Combinator, right? So we are kind of first in Asia, right, in the past. And and like uh, uh, let let let's fast forward, right? Right now in Web3, right? If I have to use another basketball as an analogy, it's almost like hey, we are like seven feet tall, right? But all the past years when we were building in 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 uh, in Web2, right, people don't care about that much, right? Because it focuses a lot on local markets, right? Because if the uh, uh, revenue model is more about advertising, right, then you need to be really, really big in one country, in one place. Right? Meanwhile, in Web3, they actually don't care about where you are based, right? As long as you are willing to participate in the community. So why we say that, oh, we are like seven feet tall? Because it's like, okay, Web3 is a game called basketball. That fits a lot for the tall people, right? So that's how we feel about it when when Web3 uh, uh, started, right? Because it talks a lot about like communities, right? It talks a lot about oh, common goals. It talks a lot about uh, uh, um, uh, building together, right? And that was all like get about, right? And of course, uh, Web3 is all there. There are meme coins. There are so many memes sharing every day. And I get was all about meme as well, right? So we feel like, oh, this is like a natural fit for us, right? To get into Web3, right? But if you have to, if I have to answer the the the, the core question, which is oh, when we first started, it was around like 2018, right? When there were a lot of like ICOs and stuff, a lot of people reach out to us, hey, Ray, you should launch an ICO called Nightgate Corner, whatever, right? And they make some money, right? And then at the time I tried to use like MetaMask, it was so difficult, to, to use, right? That's why I want, hey, this shit won't get anywhere, right? That's why I kind of like forget it. And of course, like ICO boom and, and, and bust, right? And we come to work on the Web2 stuff. Yeah, but about uh, two years later, right? We started to, oh, the people started to reach out to us to talk about crypto, uh, talk about like uh, Web3 again, right? And at the time, uh, there was some social movement in Hong Kong. And I feel like, okay, the, the US and China trade war, it seems like getting more more rigorous, right? At the time, I thought, hey, maybe we should try to like branch out as a company, also as a personal level. And that's why I wanted to uh, open a bank account in, in the UK, right? It took like six months and then it took like so much money, right? But they still haven't opened their account for, for me and also for a company. And, and then my one of my friends who said, hey, maybe you should open like a off uh, I would say off, uh, off, ch- no, on chain account instead of like an offshore account, right? That's why I started to download an app called Argent, which is like a digital, I would say, a digital wallet. Right? And at the time, Stablecoin was already there. And then I covered 80% of my personal wealth, right, into like USDC. Right? And, and that was like a very interesting experience for me because, hey, you need so much information, right, to create a bank account. Right, but you only need to click a few buttons, right, to open a, a crypto wallet, and you can on ramp quite easily at the time. Right, so so that was how I started to feel the power of blockchain. Right, I started to feel like okay, this is not a, a, a fad. Right, this is something 
that will stay because it's like a revolution. It's like a revolution on the on the tech level, right? Of course, uh, after getting into the space more, you started to understand it more, understand it better as well. Yeah. What I find so interesting about that story is I think people oftentimes are quick to complain to the at least these days about how difficult crypto is and how hard it is to use. But I think oftentimes what they neglect is the benefits at the end, and um, it's not necessary. It's come a long ways, I think, you know, compared to where it was like a few years ago uh, versus today. And so, when you're talking about it taking like six months and still like the bank account hasn't opened, yeah, maybe crypto is a little bit still clunky. But we're talking about clunky in the terms of like maybe you might have to spend an extra thirty minutes to read like a document or watch a YouTube video. We're not talking about it being a journey of several days, several weeks, several months to kind of get the end result that you want to do, where you want to transfer some money from like A to B. And I find it interesting that um, and your story really puts things into perspective about some of the benefits of um, crypto in terms of just like the banking world uh, that sometimes gets neglected because, uh, at least for me, I think uh, I very much live in the NFT land. And uh, so I'm very narrowly focused on that. And uh, sometimes the crypto part, the DeFi part can get that loss in the background. So um, yeah, that's really uh, remarkable. So, so it seems like you it probably took a little bit of restraint to say no to the ICO stuff because having lived it at the time, I mean, there was a lot of money involved and, um, you know, hats off to you for like showing some restraint and just saying like, you know what, I just don't think it's for us. But uh, so you made a personal journey into like crypto yourself with your own personal assets somewhere along the way. Did you kind of like discover NFTs? Like what was the first I got to so like what, Ray Chan, what's the first NFT that you bought? Like, how did you discover that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a good question. Yeah, my first and the, the first NFT that I bought uh, is actually was actually a uh, bought ape. Oh, yeah, that was the your time, first one. Yeah. went big. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, it's I I I was stupid, right? Stupid, not because I bought bought ape at its uh, high high price, but because I thought. I mean, because I've been building community right with Nike for for over a decade, right, and then I thought. Hey, if I have to learn, right, and I should just learn from the best, right? That's why at the time people talk about like board ape, oh, how cool the community is, how cool the whole like setup is. They're like the pioneer, the leader in the space. I mean, still are, right? That's why I thought, hey, let, let let's buy the best one, right? And buy the one that I like, right? So that I can just keep it, right? I'm more like a collector in, instead of a trader, right? And and I, I bought it, right? And then I joined Bought Ape. I mean, at the time, Bought Ape was already quite quite a mature company. That's why when I joined, people don't give a fuck about who I am, right? I thought people kind of know Nigget, right? But no one knows what Nigget is. Maybe they're too degen, maybe they're too young and whatever, right? And and but the thing is, when I went into the Discord, uh, 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 it was actually not very, I mean, it was very active, Right? But not very, I would say, constructive in a way that, oh, you would talk a lot about Web3 and stuff. No, it's most of the time it's like GM, GN, it's like a greeting, right? And then they talk about random random topics, right? And that was a little bit different from what I expected, right? That's why I thought, hey, maybe, and then I asked uh, some of my friends, hey, what would be the most active communities that I can join and learn about Web3? Right? I feel like a board at the time was like, um, they're too advanced in a way that all of these holders, right, they make big bets already. That's why they talk they don't talk about buildings that much, right? And then my friend recommended, oh, maybe you should check out like Kaiju Kings, like Gata Cat Gang, 
and and Moonbergs and and all these like collections, right? So that that's why I started to buy more uh, NFTs, and then and then I keep buying and keep buying and keep learning and keep learning, right? And of course, keep losing money and keep losing money, right? So when people play to earn, right? I actually P-A-Y, pay to learn, right? L-E-A-R-N. And, and that's why I started to understand more about what Web3, what NFT community is, right? And then about like two years ago, we started to launch our first NFT collection, right? Because at the time, uh, I thought, hey, we will not get, right? And right now, I kind of know about what Web3 community is. If I learn an NFT, if I launch an NFT collection, right? People would buy it. Right? But turns out uh, uh, the timing was bad, and also our strategy was not that good. Right, that's why we didn't sell out. Uh, it was when 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 I talk about like two years ago, that was like a few weeks after Luna crash. Uh, okay. Right, and then everyone in crypto thought, oh, that was the end of crypto. Right? Of course, people were too naive. Right, they didn't know that FTX also crashed later that year. Right, so 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 I would say that uh, it's a fun journey for me. I'm down bad on the NF on my personal NFT bad, right? but I've learned a lot right during uh, that period of time, and still keep learning right, and also met a lot of uh, friends and 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 um, I would say uh, community members. Yeah, so it was a fun ride for the last uh, few years. Yeah. So with um. You, the real MVP, was that your first NFT collection? Yes. We actually just re, uh, tried to rename it, uh, to rename it called like Memeland, MVP, mm. right? because, because I, we wanted to kind of like unify the, the branding, right? When people people know that, oh, Memeland has NFTs, right? People know that Memeland has a fungible token, right? For, for, for the fungible token, it's called meme coin, right? So it's very easy to, to understand this is related to meme land. But for our NFT collections, uh, originally they were named like, uh, you the root MVP, which was uh, from a meme, right? From the Kevin Durant uh, meme. And then we also have, t- uh, two other collections called the captains and the potatoes, right? Potatoes is more about like an insider jokes about the, the, from the nine get community. Or, uh, when you have a fair, fair long post, right? At the, at the end of the post, people will post a photo of a potato because it feels like, okay, it grows like underground. It's like the roots, right? That's why it's like an insider community joke about Niger. And then we want to pay tribute to that. That's why we launched our collection called the Potatoes, right? And then for the captains, it's because uh, we always wanted uh, the meme land ecosystem kind of like uh, uh, within the, with a, a private uh, uh, theme, right? Because I love the quote by Steve Jobs saying that, uh, hey, why join the Navy if you can be a pirate? Right? So that's why Mimlin is always about the private theme. That's why we have the captains, right? which is like the private captain. Right? And then the MVP, of course, is a joke. And then on the artwork side, it's like a, it's like a, a statue. right? So, so, so all of this is like something that we, we thought, oh, it would be cool. Right? But turns out after some time, you feel like, okay, the messaging was kind of like confusing. That's why we tried to uh, rename it this few, uh, uh, just like, Two days ago, yeah, and uh, because we wanted to do more, right, uh, in the coming year, so we need to unify the messaging, right, before we we actually push uh, forward. Yeah. So the new name is Meme MVP or Meme Land MVP. Meme Land, Meme Land MVP, Meme Land, uh, Meme Land Captains, and also Meme Land Potatoes. It's just for better like SEO, right? Just for better search uh, on 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 all the uh, NFT platforms. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So even though I was in the space around uh, around that time, I just don't really remember very well. So you're saying that, um, but I know that the timing was like, yeah, June 2022, which was right around when all that stuff is crashing. So you're saying that particular collection didn't perform well at that time. Um, but now it's like, uh, I, I think like you're looking at like double digits to get into that collection. So that collection, I mean, the holders are pretty diamond handed and I don't think there's any on sale right now. 
what kind of utility are those folks getting that they're just absolutely because that's a high number, especially in this market uh, to be like, you know, that deep in the double digits, like what kind of utility are they getting that these people are not only refusing to sell, but if like one sells, it's look you're looking at like 50 ETH for it. Yeah. Right now, the, the full price right, of uh, uh, MVP is about like 56 uh, ETH. Yeah. Right? And for the captains, it's about 4.2 ETH. And uh, for potatoes, it's around like 2 ETH. Right? So I would say that um, the biggest utility is high full price. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because, because you mean that at a lower full price, and then right now you can sell at a high full price. Right? That is the biggest utility of NFT. Right? I mean, jokes aside, I would say that... Uh, when we want, when we launch launch a uh, MVP, we wanted it to be more like a focus group, more like um, I would say like a like a literally like an MVP, right? You you are a star founder, right? You understand that the minimal viable product concept, right? So that was the the MVP. Ah, okay. right? We wanted to learn about how to. That's also yeah. It's on one hand it's the most valuable player. On the other hand, it's also the uh, minimal yeah. viable product, right? We wanted to to test run, how to run an NFT community, right? That's why we launched a small collection, right? Meaning at a relatively high price at the time. And then that's why we didn't sell out. Yeah, and, and but that was like a, 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 I would say that was like a wake up call for us. Hey, maybe the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 is much bigger than I thought, right? Than we thought, right? And also, oh, the way that we communicate, right? The Web 2 way and Web 3 way should be different, right? So, and it was a great experience for us. And then uh, in June 2022, uh, uh, 2022, uh, we launched uh, MVP. Right? And then one month later, we launched the Potatoes, which is our free mint, right? So the the concept is like, a, oh, MVP was like a high-priced means, and then Potatoes is actually a free means. And then so that we can understand how to manage or how to run the community in different ways. And because MVP is like such a small collection, right? So how you run a, a, a group of like four 400 people is very different from how to run a group of like 10,000 people, right? So so we, we launched the potatoes to try to uh, expand our ecosystem and also try to run a more like real uh, NFT community, right? So, um, and so far, uh, after like two years of so-called bear market, right, we are still surviving. So I would say that we did a pretty good job. Our community has done a great job right, for us, yeah. Because in Web3, most of the time, it's not just about the team, right? It's also about the community. And as you mentioned, our community is pretty diamond hand. I wouldn't say they are diamond hand. I would say that they are like a, a, a value investing. Right. So, so oh, they understand that the team is actually building, right? They also understand that, hey, maybe by holding on to the exit, right, they actually get more return, right? Maybe in fun, maybe in value, right? Maybe in money, right? And I think that's the reason why they keep holding on, yeah. Uh, so can you unpack some of the learnings that you had? Uh, because it seemed like, you know, in June, uh, you had the real MVP now called Memeland MVP, and then a month later, you had another collection, which was a little bit on the opposite side of the spectrum, 10,000 free mint, mint at Granite. So you probably expected it to mint out. But what were some of the learnings that you had in terms of like communication between like how you do it in like the Web 2 world versus the Web 3 world? Yeah, for sure. Um, for Web 2, it's, it's almost always uh, product first, right? Yeah, you need to build a product, right? Otherwise, you have nothing to talk about. You can't just keep talk about, talking about an idea and then that's it, right? Because no investors will give you money, right? Just because you talk about an idea. Meanwhile, in Web3, if you only talk about products all day, 
basically, it will be very bearish right, for your holders because they feel like there's no room for imagination in the future. Right? So in Web3, people care more about narratives. Right? For Web2, people care more about what you have right now. Right? And in Web3, people care more about the, the, the future, I would say. Yeah. And um, that's number one. Number two is um, uh, the feedback loop uh, in Web3 is way faster. Right? Because people actually have money invested right, in your community, in your project. Right? So they demand a lot, right? and they demand a lot uh, much louder than Web2. Right? For Web2, okay, you use a product. That sucks. Okay, fuck it. Right? And then I just don't use it. Right? In Web3, you put in thousands of dollars. Right? And then if the product or if the company sucks, right, then people will complain. Right? And the thing is, if you bought it, if you minted it, right? Of course, for example, like the potatoes, if you minted it, it's free, right? And people are happy, right? Because it's free and then it goes up to like one Eve, two Eve, right? They are like on, on, on paper. It's like the return is like infinite, right? Because the starting point was zero, right? But uh, at the same time, when you have a full price of like one Eve, two Eve, that means that some people are buying at a higher, higher price, right? So they will expect you to deliver even more. So it's like an infinite, like a, I would say infinite, uh, demand right from the community that okay i want you to deliver right so this is like something that people uh wouldn't experience in web 2 because okay i sell uh SAA, saas product right for like oh 10 bucks a month right then people expect okay i get like 10 bucks or maybe more value that's it right but if for nft even if you minted a free mint right a free collection people will still expect you to deliver a lot of value right because they bought in at different price point Right. So I think all this kind of stuff uh, explains why I would say 99.9% of Web2 companies fail in Web3. Right? It's not because they don't know how to execute. It's because they don't understand the culture. They don't understand the expectation. Right? And when they see such a, I would say, strong opinion from the company, then they they then the team fear. Right? Then the team uh, feel like, shit, why would I do this right? for so little money? Right? Because most of the time, for Web2 company, they go into Web3, they just see it as a new revenue stream. Right? Oh, we mean some NFT, we have like a few million dollars, and that's it. Right? I can tell my boss that I did a good job in Web3. Right? And turns out this is not the case. That's why a lot of Web2 companies fail. Right? And for us, we're kind of like an oddball in, in, in Web3. We are probably the only Web2 company that kind of have a very strong start in Web3. Right? And right now, we have NFT, we have our own token. I would say we are the only company that did this. Right? So, so I would say uh, this is a very, very interesting uh, two years for me personally, also for our company, also for our community. So uh, being originally, of course, from the Web2 world, myself being an MBA, um, yeah, I mean, I can co-sign on that in the sense that you have to be very uh, prescriptive, transparent about what you're doing, what you're building uh, when you're talking about investors. So would you say that in Web3, it's almost the opposite that like you get penalized for showing too much in terms of roadmap aside from the fact that like things are always changing anyway so it's really hard to have like a long time horizon but do you feel like sometimes like projects get penalized for just being like too like prescriptive sometimes about what they're doing or uh, just because there's like you know speculation leading up to it then a dump and it's just kind of hard to predict what's going to happen in the future and to your point it's a lot different than other web one web two worlds where um, you don't have that like feedback loop. And also, frankly, you don't have that kind of liquidity unless if you're like a publicly traded company. So 
what are your thoughts around that? Because it, it sounds to me, it's kind of like what I'm hearing is almost like you get penalized for specific, being specific in Web3. I, I, I would say that, uh, I wouldn't say penalized, right? I would say that this is like different different modes of communication. Right? In, in Web2, the founder, the team barely communicate with the, the end mm-hmm. users, right? Maybe they have a, a few uh, blog posts one, once in a while, right? And, and, but in Web3, uh, the community expects you to show up in the Discord on Twitter, right? Every day, if not every, every week, right? It's, if not every day, yeah. Um, they feel like, okay, I, I buy your NFT, right? So you are kind of like um, responsible to me. Right. And, and which is also true, right? But a lot of founders, especially founders with Web2 backgrounds, they didn't feel that way, right? They only report to maybe their investors, maybe the shareholders, right? They don't report to their users, right? In Web3, you kind of like merge like users and investors, right? And stakeholders and shareholders, mm-hmm. right? Together, right? So somehow the expectation is, is very different. I would say it's, it's the lack of culture that kind of like make like Web2 background company, right? Kind of, have a, have a bad, bad start in, in Web3. Usually, they did pretty good job in marketing, right? But after the means, they usually fail to maintain the 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 the, the uh, enthusiasm, right? About the community, about the product. Right? It's not just about uh, oh oh they got penalized. Right? It's more about uh, whether they feel that oh I'm the team, I'm like up up top, right? Yeah, you actually need to feel like okay, your community is is more like your boss, right? But not like your, uh, but not your uh, uh, previous like oh VC or or investor and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say that different expectation leads to different result. Yeah, and and this is something that uh, most of the uh, I would say experienced founder they didn't they didn't expect that, right? Because hey, fuck, I've been running my company for ten years. I'm the fucking CEO, right? Why would I need to talk to a "Quote unquote peasant, right? When they only buy my NFT, right? So, so, I, so this is like a very, very uh, different expectation, right? From from a Web two company, right? Because if you are running like a company with like a hundred million valuation, right? Probably you feel like oh, you are you are the man, right? You are the boss, right? But in Web three, uh, that means a lot of responsibility on your shoulder because right now uh, a lot of your community they actually buy your NFT at a high price. So would you say, because you said earlier that, um, and I completely agree, you guys are one of the few, let's call it like Web2 uh, companies that successfully made that transition. Uh, a lot of these brands come from like legacy apparel, let's say, I'm not going to name companies or legacy, what have you, uh, mainstream brands. Uh, would you say that you're presence in like the meme space and kind of understanding that already, that was actually like a superpower that helped, uh, you know, have that, that served as kind of the catalyst that uh, helped propel your success in Web3? Does it seem to be like yeah, a 100%. big part of that is just carrying the meme, I think. No yeah, pun intended. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. Because, because uh, we have been building communities for, for 15 years, mm-hmm. right? And we have been sharing memes, right, for 15 years. We communicate quite directly with our end users, right? For 15 years, right? In Web3, it's almost like, hey, right now you get paid directly. Right? right now you have a place called Discord call, Telegram call, uh, Twitter, where you can communicate with your holders directly. Right? So 
I would say it's like this. We, we are just doing the same job, but this time the, the so-called quote and quote revenue model is different, right? And the feedback loop is different. Yeah. That's why I would say that we still need to learn. There's still a big learn, a uh, big gap that we have to over, overcome, right? But somehow I would say that, uh, because we spend a lot of time and effort in it. So we are relatively better than most people. And honestly, no one really knows what to do in Web3. Right, it's so new. There's a like new meta, new narrative, like every two weeks, right? So, 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 so a lot of the times, uh, your past experience doesn't matter, right? Whether you keep learning, I think that part uh, matters the most. Yes, the most. Yeah. So, so that's why we 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 keep feeling that, hey. Uh, of course, we know some 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 of their operating experience, some of the execution experience, and how to build a team, how to manage our finance. But at the same time, we also keep learning every day from our community and also from the bigger space. Yeah, so um, it's, it's it's very tough for 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 a founder because um most of the time, hey, they have a, a niche and then they just keep building on the niche, right? Uh, if you build, if you are building Spotify, right? People don't compare you with like building Google or building like YouTube or building like um, uh, like uh, another company, right? But in Web3, especially in NFT, people see no matter what company that you build, they see you, hey, what's your full price, right? Oh, oh, and and all these marketplaces, they list all your full price together, right? So somehow, oh, whether, for example, like Yuga, they're building in GameFi, right? For us, we focus more on social, right? But people still compare us because they can just uh, compare you with the price. In in Web2 world, in the stock market, right, people still compare, right? But somehow the comparison was not that direct, right? So all these kind of like different expectations is actually very, very hard uh, uh, for the team to, to, to manage. Yeah. On one hand, you need to manage the, the expectation of your community. Right? On the other hand, you also need to explain to your community what you are building, why you are different, right? and why you should not compare us with other projects. And most of the time, a lot of our holders, right, they actually hold other uh, NFT as well, right? So, so all, a lot of these things are mixed together, make the whole whole situation more complicated. Yeah, you guys have done a great job of just having those like high floor prices. So we talked about potatoes earlier, free mint, and now it's trading at around like two ETH. And you have that direct line of uh, communication, as you mentioned earlier. I know you have. I think it's like a weekly show um, uh, that you talk to like holders on Twitter Spaces. Uh, and uh, you're just out and about. I've heard you on many different podcasts before and Twitter spaces and um, even ones that aren't your community. Uh, community. So I'm like an on-chain monkey. Uh, so I've heard you on our spaces before. So you're kind of all over the place. So all that's to say is having, so you're, you're, you're directly in tune with your community. It's not like Web2 brands where you have all these layers and proxies involved. And so when you see the floor price going up for your collection, I'm sure that there's a sense of like gratification in the sense that that's like, you know, success. But does that also kind of keep you up at night too? Because knowing someone bought something at like 10 ETH, their expectations are going to be different than the person that like minted it for free or half an ETH. Or what are your thoughts around that? Because I always, I mean, I'm not a project, like an, when I said I'm a founder, I'm like a more traditional company founder, not NFT project founder. Uh, that's something I've always wondered about is just like, how, how do you like, how do you kind of like reconcile that? Like, does that keep you up at night sometimes that that person buying at 10 ETH is going to have different expectations than the one at 0.2 ETH? And then if the floor price drops to like, say, 8 ETH, and that's pretty good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with 8 ETH, but that person that bought it at 10 ETH is going to be pissed off. 
Um, so yeah, like how do you how do you manage all that? I guess that's part of the reason why uh, being an NFT project founder, just being in a team, is one of the most difficult jobs in the world. Is just because you don't like you were talking about the SaaS model. I generally the person that paid ten bucks also paid you know, the next person also paid 10 bucks. It doesn't work like that in the NFT world. You have all sorts of different price points that they all bought into. Very unique. Um, you know, I can't really think of too many examples out there that are like that outside of the Web3 world. So is that something that keeps you up? Like this, the floor price, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but uh, does the floor price going up also kind of stress you out or what's your, how does that work for you guys? This is a very good and deep question. I would say that, uh, number one, um, to me, I'm wearing uh, different hats, right? On one hand, I'm, I'm a founder, right? I'm part of the project, right? Part of the project team, right? On the other hand, I'm also a community member, right? Not just of Mimland, right? But also of a lot of other NFT communities. Right? I think you're an on-chain so, monk too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I, I spent like 2,000 ETH, 3,000 ETH, right? To buy NFTs. And, and at the time, ETH was like 4,000 US dollars, right? So, so I understand, I would say that I understand the pain mm -hmm. of being a holder, right? And a lot of the communities that I was in, right? They didn't keep their promise, right? And they, they manage pretty poorly. They also communicate very poorly, right? That's why the floor price was down. That's why people were very unhappy, right? I witnessed that firsthand as a, as a community member. That's why when we were running our when we are running our own community, right? On one hand, I learn from other people's mistake, right? On the other hand, I also learn from what they did well, right? And then try to improve it. I'm a big fan of um of like a micro innovation, right? I, I don't feel like, oh, we are the guys who push the space a big step forward, right? But we can keep improving what we have right now and then building on uh, on on the top of like the, the the shoulder of the giants and stuff like that. Right. So that's how I think about uh, building in Web3. Right? On one hand, uh, we need to talk about the big vision, why we are here doing what we are doing, right? so that people don't just uh, focus on what we have right now. Right? Because we, we don't control the four price, to be honest, right? but we control uh, what we are uh, doing every single day. We also control the direction that we are going towards every day right? or in the future. Yeah, that's why when in, in the community, we talk about oh, what we uh, want to do, hey, why we are different, right? Instead of talking about uh, four price every single day. I mean, of course, uh, uh, in the beginning, right, when we started to launch our community, yeah, we, we, we focus a lot on the four price, right? Right now, I would say that, hey, if we do our job well, the four price will take care of itself, right? Yeah, I'm not saying that four price is, is not important. Right? I'm saying that four price is very important, right? But as a founder, Right, you cannot just focus on the four price, right? Because four price only express uh, uh, the current, I would say, sentiment, right, uh, of your company right now, right, and also it only represent the people who want to leave your community, leave your ecosystem, right. It's almost like driving a car, right. I mean, if you drive a car, you need to eyes forward, right? You need to look a little bit into the the the, the forward path, right. You can't just look at uh, the the front of your car. If you keep looking at a very uh, short distance, you crash your car, right? So, so I would say that um, as a founder, you have to be mindful of the four price, right? But at the same time, you should not pay too much attention at your four price, right? Because that's not something that you can control. Yeah. So that that's my personal take. Right? But on the other hand, I also want I also keep telling our company that hey, 
don't invest money that you you can't afford to lose, right? Because Web3, NFT, crypto, right? They're all very volatile, right? And to me, right, personally, I'm almost like notorious as a bad NFT buyers, right? So don't follow my buy, right? A lot of the time I buy NFT because I want to support the founders, right? A lot of the time I say, I think that is a very interesting project. That's why I want to learn. That's why I buy the NFT. For example, like on Ching Monkey, right? I know Danny, right? Uh, via NFT, right? I'm like an investor, right? In, uh, in the parent company behind on Ching Monkey, right? Before they launch an NFT, right? So for me, this is a part of building connections and also try to participate, right? As an investor, as, an, as a community member, right? So to me, I don't pay too much attention on, on other communities like for price because I barely sell any NFTs, right? But I, I learn a lot, right, from each project. For example, uh, when we are looking into like doing ordinals, uh, Bitcoin stuff, right? Then I talk to Danny, right? And this is like something that is not money you can buy, right? So, so what I focus on is very different from what a general, I would say, NFT traders focus on, right? Maybe that makes a difference, right? When we build a company because we still need to create a, a mechanism that people care and, and a mechanism that uh, kind of helps the price go up, right? But number one, we don't promise that. Number two, we don't focus too much on that, right? We know that that is like the, the petroleum that you need, right? When you keep traveling to the, your destination. But at the same time, we have to understand that, hey, we are no, no matter how high your four price goes, right? All this money actually doesn't really come to us, right? I mean, maybe there was some royalty, right? But right now, royalty is basically zero, right? So that makes the four price even more detached from the from the company. Yeah. So I would say that as a founder, yeah, this is something that I still keep learning every day. Yeah. Some people say that oh, founders should care about the four price. Some people say that oh, founders should not care about the four price. I don't know, right? But to me. Uh, I, I want to be mindful of that, yeah. But I also rep, uh, remind our company that hey, uh, uh, don't buy into the, the the hype, don't buy into the FOMO, right? Just invest money that you you are uh, you can afford to lose, and at the same time, just own your fucking decision, right? I didn't ask you to buy, right? I mean, even I talk about how bullish we are about about what we're building, right? But I didn't ask you to buy, right? So you should be responsible for your own decision. I'm not saying that I'm not responsible for, for our project. I'm just saying that everyone should be responsible for their own decision. Right? And then this is how I see uh, Web3. Right? Why you see the sentiment in Web3 is generally bad is because people always blame others. Mm. Right? Hey, the founders blame the community. They suck, right? They don't hold. Right? And then the community blame the founders. They're fuck, right? They, they, they don't care about the four price, right? So it feels like a lot of like babies working together. For me, I want to become the grow up in the game. Right? On one hand, I'm, I'm fucking old in this place. On the other hand, I want to build something that lasts for like 10 years, 100 years. Right? So the perspective, the way that we manage our company is quite different from a lot of projects. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You hit actually exactly on a few points. So something I've said, I've had this podcast for two years now. I say it almost every episode and I'll take a moment to say exactly what you just said. And there's two points to that, which is, a, only spend money that you can afford to lose. B, just buy stuff that you vibe with. Because if you do those two things, you'll always have fun. Like, it doesn't matter. You won't worry about floor price. You won't worry about your bags. You're just having fun if you're just vibing with whatever you buy with, whatever that is, and you're just spending money that you can afford to lose. It's fun. But if if you're like staying up at night because your bags are down, you're probably overexposed and you should kind of reevaluate your life decisions because to your point, I mean, like you can only do so much as a floor, uh, as a founder, 
95% of that stuff just like outside of your control. You can't control like FTX going under or, um, you know, the stuff yep. with Luna or even ETH yep. going up, for example, which is maybe like a good thing, but the floor price might go down as a result of that because sometimes they're like inversely correlated. So um, I'm just going to ask one more question about floor price before we move on, just because uh, it, it kind of spawned. I didn't expect to ask this question, but it kind of spawned something in my head that I think is kind of interesting. Do you guys have any metrics that you measure like uh, because you have these like you have the degen element, right? You just have these people that are speculating and just trying to buy low, you know, make like 20 bucks and get out whatever after royalties and, um, you know, uh, other fees involved. Do you guys have any metrics they measure in terms of like how long the holder's been holding? And then like if they leave the community, it's like maybe we should reach out to them or kind of just like reevaluate they or how does that look like um i'm not a project founder but that kind of seems like a metric that i would kind of keep my eye on is just like how long holders have the are in the collection and then like when and if they make the decision to sell um and also mm-hmm. things around like people returning back i think is also like an interesting i don't know if these dashboards even like exist or anything but it just kind of seems interesting to me we we don't we don't track that internally right because at the end of the day uh, when your full price goes up, right? A lot of people will take profit, mm-hmm. right? Because they want to make sure that, okay, right now uh, I sell and then we cover my cost, right? So everything I have is actually free yeah, ride, yeah. right? So so a lot of people do that, right? So uh, if they, they actually sell, it doesn't mean that they are bearish, right? Because you still need to look at how many NFT they still have. And also you need to look at the patterns of their holders, right? Maybe they are like NFT traders, right? Then to them, the only God is like money, right? So no matter what you talk about, about community, about product, about the future, right? They actually don't, don't care, right? They use the news as an as a, as a, as a alpha, right? To, to trade, right? So they don't really care about your community that much, right? But I would say that uh, when a founder goes to Discord uh, frequently, somehow you know oh, who are the people who show up, right? And as a founder, you're also mature enough to understand who are the guys who actually care about the development. I- I'm talking about development, right? Not about the price, right? Of the community. And then you can find some guys who actually are really good, really smart, right? And you talk to those guys, right? So that you have an you have your eyes or ears, right? In your community. Right? And of course, you, are with, you talk to your moderators, you talk to your team, you, you hang out in your community, right? So a lot of these things will give you a decent sense of uh, sentiment about your community. Yeah. And... And and I understand, I mean, I work in stop long enough to understand that most of the time, there is a, a big, like, silent majority, right? And as much as the, the biggest FUD, right, in, in most of the projects that we've, we've seen, maybe Asuki in the past, maybe Moonbergs, maybe Bored Ape, right? I mean, you look at the number of people listing their, their NFTs, is usually around maybe, like, a few percentage, right? Usually below, like, 10%, right? I mean... If you have a turnover rate of like less than 10%, it's actually not too bad, right? That's why I believe that most of the fun is kind of like exaggerated, right? Because most of the actions and most of the discussions happening on, on X, right? On, on Twitter, right? And all these like social media algorithms, right? They try to amplify, right? All your anger, all your like active discussion, right? So you need to zoom out and then actually talk to your holders, right? To understand what they like, what they don't like, right? But meanwhile, uh, uh, just by tracking the numbers, right? It's actually not good enough, right? Because the four price is already a number, 
right? I would say that you need something like scientific, right? Which is like numbers, right? But also at the same time, you also need something like kind of like emotional, right? Which is more like the sentiment, right? You, you actually talk to them, what they like, what they don't like. I think combining arts and science in a way, I think that's how you should run a community. Because you can see that some communities, right? Even if they are down bad from the four price, uh, from the all-time high, they're still vibing, right, in the Discord. They're still using the PFP, right? And that's how I see that's a real community. When your price is actually high and people feel bullish, right, that's not a community. It's like, oh, you fucking, you become like fucking rich, right? And then all your friends are not actually your friends, right? Only when you are poor, right? All these guys still hang around with you. Those are your real friends. I, I see community as kind of like an extended uh, friendship, right? So we need to, uh, on one hand, uh, you can't, Keep 100% people don't sell, right? Because if you, let's say our MVP, right? We mean that like five from three ETH, right? And then right now it's like 50 ETH, right? I mean, 10X in ETH terms uh, and also I think even more, right? In, in like a fiat terms, right? So it's very normal for, for people to sell, right? But I would say that uh, why they sell is, is it matters, right? If they sell because they hate you, then you are not doing a good job as a, as a founder. Yeah, but if they sell because they want to take profit, then that's part of the game. Yeah. So it's, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is there's a quantitative part of it and then there's a qualitative also, and you really, really need to stay in tune with the qualitative. And then even within the qualitative, it sounds like you have to have this, you know, a way to kind of just parse things out because if you just like look at X at a very superficial level, to your point, the algorithm just wants to amplify things that are generally negative because that gets the most reactions, but that's not necessarily the sentiment of your community. So you even have to go deeper into the signals and, you know, directly engage people, directly talk to your team who's, you know, like moderators, like you said, and see like what's the, you know, sentiment and kind of look at those kinds of things. And if people are having fun on Discord and people are, um, you know, if it's like one or two people on X that are just like shit posting, you're probably doing a pretty good job. But if it's like an overwhelming, uh, and you also mentioned like if you, I think, like you said, if you have, um, one of your collections is like a PFP. I think that's always like a very strong indicator too, strong sentiment, which uh, transitions into something I wanted to talk about. Um, last point is uh, the meme coin, uh, which is something we touched on earlier. Uh, there was a period of time, and still is what current state even, that everyone has meme coin as part of their like Twitter handle. So let's just maybe start from the beginning. Like, what is me? Like, how do you? what inspired you guys to drop a coin? Because, you know, there's some risks involved with that, that maybe you can elaborate on. Um, what made you guys think that that's going to provide value to your holders? Uh, and there was also, like I said, that uh, thing with everyone putting it in their Twitter handle, which, or X handle, I should say. So I imagine there was some benefit there. So can you just kind of unpack meme coin for us? Yeah, for sure. Mm. It, when when you talk about uh, oh some um the Twitter handle mm -hmm. right the X handle right that was part of our marketing campaign very effective right? you uh, couldn't get away from it yeah <laughs> yep that, yeah I mean hey David we have been working on social media for fifteen <laughs> years right we fucking know yeah. how social media marketing is working right is in the past we did it for our clients right but right now we did it for ourselves right and it shows we understand the tools right the, the platforms right so I mean yeah. I'm not trying to, to to toot our own horns, right? But we understand totally, the game, yeah. right? On the social media part, right? Yeah. And at the same time, what 
what meme coin right, does. Right? Honestly, we have a white paper that says it literally does nothing, right? It's for entertainment purpose only. Right? I, I feel like in Web3, the most important thing is, hey, how can you get more people into your ecosystem, right? Because we talk about building together, right? We talk about ownership, we talk about decentralization, right? NFT, no matter how big a project is, how many holders do you have? Maybe 5,000, maybe 10,000, right? Maybe 20,000. 20,000 is a decent size of community, right? But 20,000, honestly, right? If you talk to any games, any apps, right? They have DAU of like more than 10 million people, right? 20,000 people. Actually, it's not that many people. Yeah, so we want to expand our ecosystem, right? But the thing is, our NFTs are doing a decent job, right? Potatoes, four pies, the cheapest collection, right? The lowest uh, level collection, right? It's like two ETH. Two ETH, that means like 5,000 US dollars. 5,000 US dollars is a lot of money, right? I mean, I don't even spend that much money in real life, right? Except buying uh, handbags for, for my wife, right? But other than that, I don't spend that much money on myself, right? But people are throwing like ETH, throwing money, right? At these NFT collections, like nothing, right? But that's like a very, very small group of people who can do that, right? I understand from the first hand that, hey, there are a lot of people, they are interested right, in your community, right, in your ecosystem. They want to support you, but they just don't have that much money right, to buy into your NFT collections. Right? Meanwhile, a fungible token, right, even if you have $10, even if you have $100, you still can get into the ecosystem. You can still uh, voice out, right? you can still kind of like build together. Right? That's how we think about the, the, the strategy. Internally, right? We don't have a roadmap, but we have a three-step action plan. We always say that, hey, NFT is for building community, right? Fungible token is for decentralizing the value. And then product is to reach the masses, right? We, we did three NFT collections, right? We have a pretty solid community to begin with. And right now we have a, a, a meme coin uh, so that we can decentralize the value, right? Because everyone who owns meme coin, right, they can be part of our ecosystem, no matter whether you are so-called co and co whale or just a small fish, right? And then right now, of course, we need to build our own products, right? But we try not to, to tease that, oh, 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 when we build the products, right, the, the token price will go up, right? Honestly, we have no idea. And that's not our main purpose, right? When we build products, what we really want to do is, hey, what are the problems that we are solving, right? Either in Web2 space or in Web3 space, right? And, and that's something that we focus on every single day, right? And right now we put the tokens out there. Of course, we have like a, a better financial tools, right? And resources for us to work with other projects, right? For example, oh, oh we, we are actually uh, in talks to acquire another NFT project, right? And and we can pay in meme coin, right? Oh, when we uh, uh, um, have a new marketing campaign, right? In the past, we need to get a lot of sponsors and stuff. Right now, we can pay in meme coin. I think all this kind of stuff make uh, it's almost like uh, uh, giving us like steroid, right? In building companies, right? And I think all this is very, very unique and interesting in Web3. And I think a lot of people, a lot of projects, right? If they only have NFT, they kind of like, it's like, fighting in, in only with one arm, right? And if they only have token, right? People are always focused on the price. They don't focus on too much on what they're building, right? So what we want to build is, hey, can we become like a full suite, like Web3 company, right? We have NFT, we have token, we also have product, right? That's something that we have been envisioned, right? From day one, right? So, so, so I would say on paper, right? The meme con doesn't do anything, right? But of course, for us, it's part of uh, our tool to build out our ecosystem. It is also our tool for us to, to help us to build out other parts of our ecosystem as well. Yeah. So it seems like it does 
multiple things. Some things I'm hearing is one is it could be like a form of like currency in terms of like transaction, meaning that, like you said, like uh, instead of like sponsorship, you can pay people in like meme coins. So it kind of is like acting almost as like a currency. The other part to your point, because yeah, at these prices, I mean, it's not cheap and super affordable for everyone to get into the ecosystem and the uh, with the NFTs. But uh, it provides a very affordable on-ramp for people to just get into the ecosystem, you know, in terms of like a fungible token. So like if you own a meme coin, let's say, uh, does that allow you to get in like, you guys have like a token gated discord, like some of the channels and just being a token holder uh, of the fungible token meme coin allows you to get into some of those uh, Discord channels and also along those lines, like, is I don't know how much you can speak to this, but is there going to be like benefits also for those holders, perhaps in the way of perhaps maybe future mints for NFTs? Um, is like maybe governance token going to be a thing, or I don't know how much you can speak to some of those things. I'm just throwing random shit out there, but and see what sticks. But can you riff a little bit on that? Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, governance token. Okay. Right? On on one hand, I don't believe in decision by community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a founder for quite a long time. I think that uh, the smart decision right, is usually made by smart people. Right? It's not by consensus. Right? So, And a lot of the time, you almost need to make contrarian decision where people hate it right, immediately, but they only see it right after some time. Yeah. Right. That's why I don't want our community to vote on key decisions. Right. Maybe on some other, uh, I would say, less important decisions where people have a have a have an insight. Right. But most of the key, uh, I would say, development decision, right? I don't think it should be voted by the community. Not because our community is stupid, right? But just because most of the, I would say, uh, consensus decision, right, is is usually not the most brilliant decision not the most outstanding decision out there because it's almost like, hey, we need to compromise, right? And as, as, as an actor, right, we know that most of the compromises is usually not lead to the best results. Yeah, it's like lose-lose. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of like, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say lose-lose, right? But it almost always kind of like maximize the, the value, maximize the ROI, right? So as a founder, I don't like that, right? And then for uh, answering your, your question, right, as a community, uh, I would say that... um. Getting a taste, right, or uh, like a token, right, in, into a Web3 company is the best way that you can enjoy the ride and understand how the company is doing, right? Because you have some skin in the game, right? Of course, uh, some people focus a lot on the monetary value on the money side, right? But for us, uh, we want it to be fun, which is also why we launch our, I mean, our token is called meme coin, right? Literally called meme coin. And then we launch it as a meme coin. We are the only meme coin that get launched by Binance. And then we are the only meme coin that is actually kind of like have a legit team behind, right? So so I think a lot of these like contrarian, like opposite, like contra- contradictory stuff, right? We try to create something interesting, right? That no one has did, has done it before, right? And then we try to do it. Yeah. And honestly, we, we are working with our community to see what we can do together. Right? And I think this is the part where Web3 is very interesting to me because, uh, number one, oh, we launch a token, right? But, oh, how do we uh, move the token forward? Right? That's something that, okay, maybe we can test out different ideas, right? Because we literally tell people that, hey, there's no value, right? So somehow, oh, even if we have a very fun collaboration, we can do it, right? Let's say, oh, oh we launch a collaboration with Pornhub, right? 
uh, today. It's fine, right? And then tomorrow, oh, we launch our collection. Uh, we launch our collab with like SPCA. It's also okay, right? So I feel like the imagine the sky is the limit, right? I mean, I mean, the sky is not even the minute, uh, the, the 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 limit, right? People say that okay, the moon, right? Go to the moon, right? Maybe the moon is the limit, right? So so I think a lot of this kind of stuff is something um that we can do, right? And and we can rally, uh, rally the, the, the community together, right? Because in the past, as a company, right, you do stuff, you actually have to spend marketing budget, right? To promote it. But right now, because a lot of people are paying attention to what you do, right? Because oh, on one hand, they see whether they want to hold or sell, right? And you almost enjoy that kind of like marketing power without spending money. And people are actually spending money, right, to support your marketing. Right. So I think all of this kind of stuff is very, very new, right, to, to me as a founder and also to us as a company. Right. But we want to experiment a lot of these kind of things uh, together. Yeah. But, but that being said, uh, I understand a lot of people want to have something. Oh, what's a utility, right, of a token, a utility of a, of a, of a NFT? A lot of the time, the community is a utility, right? The friends you make along the way is also the utility. Right? Maybe we cannot put a money value to it, but how much value that you can put on your wife or your kids and stuff like that, right? So, yeah, I mean, maybe a lot, right? Maybe a lot less, I don't know. Yeah, but but I believe that um, having a skin in the game and we are, uh, I would say, on the same boat, I think that is a real power that uh, we never, we didn't see before, right? We've just webbed to. Right? Because I mean, when Facebook, uh, when IPO, when when all these like big company when IPO, right, the only one who benefited the most was actually only the team and also the early investors, yeah. right. But right now, on one hand, you can be part of the builders, right? You can be part of the companies and a lot of the other projects, right? They they do governance token, right? They also do like a votes proposal and stuff like that. They actually can build with the the community and also build with the team together, right? That's not the approach that we like, right? But that's the approach that happens, right? So I think a lot of things are, are still very new, right? So I, I don't know what we can do right now, but I would say that there are so many things that we can uh, mobilize our community just because they're not just a user, right? They're part of the stakeholder, right? Not shareholder, right? I mean, uh, SEC, I don't want you to, to, to sue me, <laughs> right? Yeah, but but somehow somehow I feel like, hey, just do fun thing together. I think that is something that we, we never see, uh, we never seen, uh, we never saw before, yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree completely with your sentiments regarding governance token for my observations and being a part of a few DAOs. I mean, you've got multiple things going on. Uh, one of them's to your point, not necessarily the consensus is like the best decision. Um, sometimes those decisions are slow to make in a space that you really need to move rapidly and you need to make like quick executive decisions. On top of that, I would just say like apathy too. Like a lot of people just don't participate and then they get upset that a decision's been made but it's you know they weren't really part of like the governance decision so i totally agree with you on that so uh, just a couple more questions i know we're a little bit over time but it's been so fun talking to you right so uh along the lines of uh meme coin you brought up some interesting points there regarding like potential collaboration so you have like nine gag like you know the legacy business of yours which obviously ties very much to meme are a lot of like your nine gag folks also in like the NFT, the, the web three ecosystem or, and if not, do you see a potential of kind of introducing them through the meme coin? Maybe like that being like, kind of like a gateway drug that if they post a lot of things, they could get some meme coin and then they start getting some exposure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like, what are your, your, what are your thoughts there? 
it's, it's too early to say, right? Um, for example, on meme coin, the the on-chain wallets that host meme coins are about a million, which That's is like lot, top uh, top six. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like top six in the ERC twenty ecosystem. Yeah. Right? the ones behind the ones above us are like ETH, right? And then maybe like some stable coin, right? Yeah, and 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 also some really really big meme coin, right? So, so uh, for that part, right, it's like one million. It's like a big number. Right, but for like Nike, right? Even though we are not the biggest like social media company out there, we still have like two hundred million, yeah, yeah. right, audience every month, right? So it's not even one percent, right? I think that is something that, fair, that is very bullish, right? But I think the question is when and also how, mm. right? Because I, I mean, after two years in Web three, I still believe that there's a there are a lot of things that we need to do better in Web three in order to, to get the, the mass adoption. Not just about the user experience, right? But about, hey, what are actually the things that you need Web3 to do, right? That will be doing much better than doing in Web2, right? I think a lot on the social media side, I mean, people don't see the value of Web3 yet, right? And also a lot on the on the product side, hey, why do I have to connect the wallet and then use Ledger and whatever? And then we have to remember the private seat and stuff like that, right? I mean, all these kind of things is still very difficult to explain to to to, to the so-called quote and quote like normies right and 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 this is this i think it will take some time right but down the road we are we are basically talking to the same group of people right because i mean in the past right i still remember that a lot of the i mean i'm old enough to remember that a lot of the companies right when they when they uh wanted to become like a digital company right they want to put dot com in there company names mm-hmm. right yeah. like hotels.com I, I mean maybe hotels.com is not is not a, a good example right but they have to have a dot com on their billboard right outside of their shop and stuff right i feel like we are into that early stage where people still ask the questions hey, why blockchain why web3 right but to me i would say that uh building uh, in web3 is like a new uh uh sentiment right and also a new uh uh, I would say incentive, right, to to build uh, together. Right? I always talk about uh, uh, these uh, things uh, with our team, with our communities. Uh, I mean, people pay a lot of attention, right, to 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 open AI these days, right, because of the Sora, right, uh, video, right, that they make is like awesome. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, we 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 knew Sam, right, when we were at YC. He actually is a is a partner that actually accepted us. Right? So I'm happy for for how they. I'm really happy and admire what they're doing right now. Right, but. I believe that there are two AIs that are very important to humans these days, right? Number one is artificial intelligence, which OpenAI and other companies, they're championing. They're the champion of that, right? Another AI is actually aligned interest, right? And this is something that Web3 does it really, really well, right? So if we can and, and combine these tools, that can be super powerful. If we can be a champion in just one of these AIs, right, it's already very powerful. Right. I believe that a lot of the Web3 companies, we are doing a pretty good job, right? or at least started to do a good job on the aligned interest part. Right? We still have to figure out what exactly that we need to build. Right? But somehow along that line, I think we need we can find something interesting. And that's like beneficial right? to the team, to the so-called investors, right? and also to our community. Yeah, so I'm very bullish about this, right? And not to mention, okay, right now, Bitcoin have like a ETF, right? That means like normal people actually can buy Bitcoin, right, with their fiat, right? And you don't have to explain to people that, oh, yeah, Bitcoin is not a scam, right? I mean, this is like a huge milestone. Not on the price yet, but I believe that the the the, the, 
the 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 meaning behind it is huge, right? And and as a as a participant, as a builder in the web three space, I'm so happy about that, right? So so I would say we are, we are, we are still early, right? Everyone is still early, right? If you listen to to David's show, definitely you are you are early, right? So I'm I'm really really bullish, right? Not about the price, but about the future that we can co build together, right? The key is co, right? Not just build together, right? But co build together. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the things I love about. Web3, and uh, I haven't heard the acronym applied that way. I like it. I love it. I'm going to steal it, and I'm going to use it. AI, aligned interest, 100%. That's one of the be- things that Web3 does really well. And it. And then on a different note, when I we're talking about uh, meme coin and uh, nine gag, it's funny because as I was saying it, I was like, ah, you know, I think I'm onto something here, and I'm suggesting something to Ray. But after I heard you talk, uh, you convinced me maybe it's not such a good idea because to your point, when you... Like as a startup, one of the things you kind of have to answer is like, why now? And to your point, you know, I think you uh, articulated it very well there is that maybe it's not right now for um, like mean coin, uh, nine gag. UI maybe is a little bit like too uh, clunky. Oh, I, when I say nine gag, I mean like the legacy uh, business that it might maybe a little bit too early still, if I hear you correctly, right? Or um, it just might not. I mean... I mean, sometimes you just don't know, okay. right? So non-committal, right? Because in Web3, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, right? On one hand, I want to manage your expectations yeah, yeah. as well, right? So, so I don't want to tell people, because in this space, I understand one thing, and also we pay our lessons fee to learn that is, hey, on one hand, of course, you can talk big and then build up the hype, but people will, will, will get disappointed, mm-hmm. right? So a better way to build is actually to lower the expectation. Yeah. Right, and then deliver, right? And then and then kind of like out deliver, right? So 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 that's why I I we always don't really talk about I mean not always, right? But we we have we haven't talked about a lot of like big things in the future and integration with Nike and then build something very awesome and blah blah blah. I would say that if you believe in us, right? If you have been with us for the last two years, we you understand how we operate, right? We always try to reward the believers, right? Because when we talk about community. Those guys who believe in you when you are down, right? Those are the real friends, right? Those are the real communities. And we want to make sure that they they they, they get rewarded, right? In whatever the the the, the measure, right? Maybe in fun, we reward it in money or whatever, right? But we, we try not to promise that because that will get people disappointed, right? Because sometimes in Web3, people overhype themselves too much, right? So so uh, we we just kind of like constantly observing. Hey, what is a good time and what's a good way, right? To either to integrate, right, or to kind of like launch something cool together. Because at the end of the day, I believe that uh, um, uh, the infrastructure is not yet ready, mm-hmm. right. But at the same time, it's it's less about the infrastructure. It's more about the, the sentiment, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you it's it's easier to build among a group of, among a group of people, right? They're already bullish about the tech. Right. Yeah. Instead of okay, we have to uh, uh, fight against the wind to, to to explain to people why blockchain is awesome. Right. Don't don't explain to people why blockchain is awesome. Right. Just build something awesome so that people will, will try to use your product. Right. That would be a better way. And that's why I believe that uh, 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 that's the direction that we want to do. Right. But at the same time, I also acknowledge that hey, this is one thing that people all kind of like. I would say align that on, right? Is hey, how can we make money, right? How can we increase our personal wealth, right? I would say that in Web3, this is like the, the, the opportunity of our lifetime, right? To learn about what blockchain is about, right? To try to participate in Web3, right? 
I'm I'm very very lucky, right? I mean, we we launched right now, get uh, uh, riding the wave with like uh, how social media was 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 kind of like started, right? And right now, oh, before I was too old, right? We we have a chance to build Web three again, right? Web two, Web three, we kind of like riding two wave, right? How many times can you see it, right? So, so right now I'm. A lot older, right? Than, than than 15 years ago. But at the same time, hopefully, I'm a lot wiser, right? So I try to build something that can last for a very long time, right? Not just because for us, right? For for our team, but also because hey, I want to build something meaningful. Right? I didn't have to launch Web3. I'm, I mean, it sounds like very 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 um uh, arrogant, right? But to say that is hey, I'm rich enough to to live a decent life, right? With Nike, not because I'm super rich, right? But because I don't spend a lot, right? And 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 I just live a very simple life, right? But at the same time, hey, the opportunity is so huge that we just can't stand out as a, as a, as a bystander, right? You, you you fucking want to build build into it right? because we are product builder, right? So I encourage all the listeners, right, of David's show, right? If you're a builder, if you are like on the fences, right, whether you should build in Web3 and stuff, right? Start to buy a few NFTs that you really like and then get into the community, right? To understand what are the problems uh, that people haven't solved in Web3 and then just to try to build something, right? You see a lot of like younger kids, they make a lot of money in Web3 already, right? But if you are like an older guy like me, right? I'm like 40 years old right now, right? So what can you offer, right? To the space right now, right? Think about that, right? And I think one thing that we need to understand as a founder is in Web3, you need to give before you, you get. Right. If you operate within that ethos, right, then you should be doing a pretty good, you will do a pretty good job in Web3. Right. I hope uh, uh, Niger, Mimlan, right, myself is like a, an example where you can learn from. Right. Learn on one hand, all the guys can still make it work in Web3. I wouldn't say make it, right, but at least make it work in Web3. Number two, it's uh, uh, a Web2 company can also work in Web3. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in my 40s too, by the way. And it's kind of funny because only in Web3 can you say if you're in your 40s, you're considered old. <laughs> Anywhere else, you're yep. kind of considered young. Yep. Um, but yep. uh, you uh, just imparted us with a lot of wisdom there, which is a note that I wanted to end on. And I was going to ask you, what are some you know parting words that you have for people that are aspiring to start their own projects? And from what I'm hearing is a couple of things is one, uh, build something that people really want. Don't like it shouldn't be about the technology and the fact that it's on blockchain. Just people, it should be just really cool. And the technology is kind of in the background. And then the other thing is something that I say also on the podcast quite a bit, and also even on X is that you have to, you have to really give before you get, like people can sense when you're trying to value extract from a mile away. And if they sense that, then like, that's it, you know? Uh, and I think that's what, something that like web two brands struggle with in this space is that it just people see it a mile away it's too extractive and you just can't do that uh you have to enter the space thoughtfully you have to give you have to participate like the way that you did it buy nfts yeah maybe you're down bad i'm down bad we're all down bad but like you have to <laughs> you just have to be in the space be present learn and then be a participant then you know at that point you build credibility where you still provide something you know in the space it's not that you're extracting but it's more of a a, a different type of exchange so um Ray, it was incredible having you on the pod and you sharing your journey, uh, Nine Gags journey, everything about meme land. Uh, you know, man, we love you. We celebrate you. Thank you so much for joining the pod on a Saturday morning. I know I kept you a little bit over here. 
all of us here at the Blockchain Experience wish you the continued success. So thanks again for showing up. Thank you. And that concludes our show. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Ray. I think Ray is one of the most thoughtful people in this space. And here's some key takeaways that I had. Uh, first, before you jump into something in Web3, spend some time participating and contributing in the space. You can't just enter and start taking. I mean, like nobody will give to you. We talked about that on the pod. And on that note, don't be afraid to pay to learn. So this is different than pay to earn. This is pay to learn, uh, meaning that you spend a little bit of money, whether it's ETH, Solana, what have you, and you're using that money to just really learn from the experience and not really with any expectations of a monetary ROI. So uh, on that long, uh, along those lines, just make sure that when you're doing that, uh, spend what you can afford to lose, which you should be doing anyways. Third point, AI, not artificial intelligence, but aligned interests. That's one of Web3's super, uh, superpowers is that with fewer stakeholders at play, namely, you know, you've got project and holders, it's much easier and straightforward to have aligned interests to move things forward as opposed to having like four or five plus stakeholders in uh, a Web2 or Web1 business. And then lastly, you don't necessarily need to change the world or cause like a crazy paradigm shift to be successful. And I would extend that not just like Web3, but in business in general, you can do what what Ray called micro innovations and just dramatically improve something that works, but isn't optimal. And we see cases of that, uh, many case studies of that uh, actually in in uh, the business world. So yeah, the episode ran longer than usual, but hopefully you had some good learnings about one of the most uh, successful projects and learnings from one of the most successful project founders in this space. And of course, I cannot drop off without giving you guys an update on Scoop 3. We had a major announcement. Actually, we had a couple of major announcements last week that picked up earned media coverage. One is we made the pivot to build on base, and that's based on, no pun intended, on user feedback. So uh, by building on base, which is an Ethereum layer two backed by Coinbase, that'll give us a lot more latitude to be able to deploy our solution in many different forms, not just necessarily podcasts, although it's going to be our first entry. Uh, Second is we took out a patent on a technology that tokenizes media content. And real simply, what this means is for uh, Scoop3, the podcasters, they don't have to change their workflow whatsoever when they drop an episode. So they do exactly what they're doing. And Scoop3 kind of just takes care of the rest in the background without any human intervention, which wasn't the case before. Um, that also means with that patent uh, pending in play is that we expect other entities to want to leverage this technology. So it unlocks potential licensing deals, which would be another source of revenue for Media3 Lab. So yeah, man, just a lot of big things happening for us uh, at Media3 Labs, the parent company to Scoop3. So if you're still thinking about investing and haven't done so yet, check the show notes for the link, head over to the link and make your investment minimums only $100. Uh, Credit cards are accepted. Everything's processed through WeFunder. And a cool thing is, is that you don't need any accreditation. So you can just get into a pre-IPO company on some, you know, relatively generous terms. So, That's all I have for you folks. Appreciate your time. And until next time. 
Welcome to the blockchain experience, experience. Bringing dope content to the audience. Welcome to the blockchain experience. Bringing dope content to yeah, the yeah, audience. Yeah. It's the blockchain spell. Made a David's got so much to tell. Bringing you the latest news without fail. Hey, decentralized and secure. It's been making way. You can temper with gutter. It's got the same old way. From finance to art. It's bringing all the trust. The blockchain is. Audio. 